welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy, a podcast that looks at the inspiration, intention, action, and choices that you can make to bring more joy into your life, into the world, and into other people's lives. This is your host, Paula Jenkins. Welcome to episode 242 here on Jumpstart Your Joy. This week on the show, you guys, I am so excited to have Fred LeBlanc of the band Cowboy Mouth coming back for his second visit. This is such a fun conversation, and he's here to share about his new EP called Open Wide. And we talk all about joy and how joy is an inside-out job. There is so much goodness in this conversation, and I can't wait to bring Fred on. Before we get to the show, I want to give you guys all a very warm welcome and say thank you so much for tuning in this week and always. I hope that you are well and I hope that you are safe. And I'm just sending you so much love and good vibes this week and always. If you're new to the show, Jumpstart Your Joy is a podcast that's been out there since 2015. And there's 241 past episodes. If you're looking for ways to find joy in these times, lots of times we're talking to people about how to find joy in difficult times and improbable situations. And so check out the website at jumpstartyourjoy.com if you want to find more past episodes. And if you want to find the show notes with links of all the great stuff that Fred and I are talking about, you can find them on the website at jumpstartyourjoy.com forward slash Fred two, the number two, because it's his second time here on the show. While you're on the website, be sure and sign up for my newsletter because each Thursday I'm sending out notes and thoughts about aha moments that I have with the guests. And Fred says so many great things that I really can't wait to share some of the behind the scenes thoughts that I have about this conversation with you all. You can find the link on the homepage at jumpstartyourjoy.com. It's right in the middle. It says sign up for the three joyful things newsletter. I'm also doing a second secret, super secret episode on Thursdays, that's kind of casual and just about, you know, joy in hard times, because I feel like we need all of that right now. I can't wait to share this episode with you all. Fred is always such a source of immense joy. And I love that he shares how he's been through hard times and how he's also been able to reconnect with the thing that he loves most in this world, which is, of course, drumming and singing and leading the band Cowboy Mouth. It's really a treat to get to ask him about a couple of the songs on this new EP. They are covering John Denver's Thank God I'm a Country Boy. So much fun. And they're also playing uh, some new music. And one of them is The King of the World, which I really enjoyed and asked him about those lyrics. It's also super sweet. You'll hear uh, Fred working from home with his children in the background. And so our sound quality isn't uh, totally top notch, but I think it's also a sign of the times and how all of us are just working so hard to make things work in these days to bring you a little joy during the coronavirus. So I am so excited to bring Fred on. Welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy, Fred. Thank you very much. Nice talking to you and Paula. Yeah, it's a real treat to to have you with us. You were last year in episode 125, and you guys were just about to release the name of the band is Volume 2. Yeah, Volume 2. So mm-hmm. you have a new album coming out March 27th. Would you like to tell us mm-hmm. a little bit about it? It's an EP. It's got five songs. Mm-hmm. It's called Open Wide, and it's uh, mostly new material. And we just wanted to get something out, but I mean, not knowing how to put out new music in this day and age when 
nobody really pays for anything anymore. So mm-hmm. how do you get music out there? How do you get people to pay attention to it? And then we came up with the idea, instead of working to try to make an album's worth of songs, why don't we just start releasing like EPs anywhere of three to seven or eight songs? That way it gives you a lot, a lot more freedom because you can release more music over time as opposed to one album every like two years or something like that that you, you know, that disappears mm-hmm. after about a week and a half. So this way it kind of keeps you in the public eye. It keeps us um, creative. It keeps everything moving, which is really nice. You know? I was appreciative to get a pre-listen. And first I got to ask about John Denver. You guys are covering, thank God I'm a country boy. Well, we're doing and a I, punk rock version of it. Have we ever heard it before? We played it a couple of times uh, just for fun. Yeah. Um, but we hadn't really, it's not part of the repertoire yet. I mean, obviously once this thing's out, we're hoping to make it part of the regular repertoire. But I mean, um, we've been doing a thing like over the past year where we'll just, towards the end of the show, we'll just start playing cover songs. Mm-hmm. The only thing I really want it to be is songs we don't know. So everybody has to kind of be on their toes. And it's been really fun because it, it makes people, it takes them out of their comfort zone, which is great. And I'm talking about everybody in the band. Yeah, And you never know where it's going to go. And sometimes it turns into something really great. And sometimes we fall on our face. And either way, it's fun. I really enjoy that end of it. So that yeah. was kind of where the idea for the John Denver song came in. And I mean, you know, a great song is just a great song. And it is. a great song. So. Yeah. Well, and it's so fun to look back at the video of John Denver playing it live. And you see Johnny mm-hmm. Cash and like what, Roger oh, Miller yeah. and Glenn Campbell. Oh, oh, oh my yeah. gosh. I can see why you guys would pick it. Do you have a, a special affinity for John Denver or just a Not great really. song? Just being children of the 70s, you grow up mm-hmm. and he was just so ubiquitous. He mm-hmm. was like one of the biggest things in in entertainment at the time. And so honestly, it was no real rhyme or reason to it. It was just like, this is a great song. Yeah. Uh, we could really rock it up. Why not? You know? It, you do. <laughs> so yeah, why good. Not? Why not? Yeah. I know you also describe another one of the singles on there is King of the World, and you describe it as being a punk rock sermon. <laughs> who is this song for, or who is it about? I love it. Honey, all the songs I write are for and about me. <laughs> you know? And I mean, you know, my songs tend to be diaries of different places in my life, and that was a point where I was kind of like, doubting just kind of wondering okay why, why am i doing this why am i at this point in my life where am i going yada 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 and i was like wait don't you understand <laughs> who's your rock and roll star who's the king of your world you are make it happen whatever you yeah. want to do make it happen you know it's, it's hard it's hard what what's the line it's hard to remember you matter it's easier just to walk away you know mm-hmm. and it's the whole idea of you have to find validation and the inspiration to celebrate not from the outside but from the inside because the outside you know a lot of people think that life works from the outside in i'm a believer in the idea that life works from the inside out being that whatever you see in your mind or whatever you put in your scope of vision is what presents itself to you in your life and i mean my dream when i was since i was a child was to play drums and sing in front of lots and lots of people and, and nobody ever told me I could until the day I did it successfully they were still telling me I couldn't you know it was no this is what I want to do and this is how I'm going to do it yeah and it wasn't easy and it took a long time and lord knows I stumbled along the way but you know it's the whole idea of who's the king of your world you know the name of the song is king of the world mm-hmm. you know but in this in the song lyric it goes from king of the world 
not just who's the king of the world, who's the king of your world. And that's yeah. that's what it's all about. Just grabbing your life by the short and curlies and swinging it around. You know? <laughs> I love it. Oh, one of the lines that I really love from that song is you can't ever live through a sunrise without knowing the dark before the dawn. Mm-hmm. And especially yeah. in these times right now, um, oh, of course, we're, we're recording March of 2020 in case somebody's listening yeah. back. But it, it just felt really poignant in the moment last night. Okay. I don't know if you have other words around what, I don't know, either what's going on in the world or what that line means to you. Oh, that's just life, you know. I mean, just sometimes when you're about to give up, in order to get to where you're going, you got to go through the hard time mm-hmm. in order yeah. to get to where you want to go. You know I mean? I've played in front of thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people, but I've also played in front of an audience that consisted of one person. And as I always say, you know, you put a guitar on a monkey and put him in front of 20,000 people, he'll be entertaining. Yeah. The thing about it is, is like, what do you give? What are you willing to do when the, when the stakes are, when it's hard, you know, when you're playing to nobody? Because for Mm -hmm. me, it's not, it's not, Every show matters, but the shows where your back is against the wall, I think that kind of proves where you deliver, you know? Yeah. Yes, I'd much rather play in, you know, a packed house and yada, yada. But in those moments in my life and career when I haven't, those are the moments where you really figure out who you are and why you do this. It's mm-hmm. not about it's not about money, because Lord knows I don't make much money. <laughs> and it's not about attention from the audience and stuff, because that comes and goes. I mean... Everybody in this line of work can tell you you're the greatest thing since sliced bread. That comes and goes with the wind. You have to have that kind of belief in yourself in order not only to sing and write songs, you have to get up on stage and sure. bang drums and scream like a banshee. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what we love about you so much. Yeah. And just the whole experience of being live. Well, it's, um, a, it's, a, great, it's a great way to release attention, I tell you that. I've, so. I recommend it highly. I've never had so much fun as dancing in front of your drums. How does social distancing in this situation we're in right now, I don't know, how does that impact no you? Idea. I have yeah. no idea. You know, all our, show, our shows for the conceivable future were canceled because of this virus thing. Yeah. Well, we'll get past it. And I think people will get to a point where they say, wasn't that strange? Wasn't that odd? That's, you know, mm-hmm. I don't think social distancing is going to be the new normal by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, yeah. they've already found what looks to be a pretty potent cure for it. Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of implementing it and getting in there so that it becomes, you know, no more no more devastating than the average flu. Right. You know? So, yeah. I mean, there's hope there. It's just a matter of making sure the infrastructure is there to get the cures out to who needs it. And mm-hmm. you know, this is an unusual thing, but it's not that it hasn't happened before. So we haven't had to deal with it. And I'd yeah. like to start working and living again. But there's pluses in no matter what happens. Being able to just sit at home. It reaffirms your desire to do what you want to do, but I'm getting to spend extra time with my kids. I'm getting to spend, you know, extra time with the people in my life who matter. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. I'm a musician, so I don't make a lot of money. I'm somewhat of a prodigious, prodigious saver. So being <laughs> yeah. caught in this kind of situation, you know, it's not really something that's really going to knock me down. It's like, okay, I can deal with this for a little while. That's and good. the thing about it is, is like so many people are worried and freaked out and freaked out and worried and worried and freaked out and freaked out and worried. Like my wife, who's healthy as a healthy, healthy as a horse, but she worries about these things. Yeah. You know? And I just learned a long time ago, worrying about things doesn't make them better. Yeah. You know, either deal with it, but otherwise, 
I mean, you put that energy of worry out. It's kind of like just, it's kind of like just asking whatever it is you're afraid of to come straight for you. You know, so true. It's not, it's not about being oblivious or anything like that. But sitting there focused on chronic worry, just you know, it's um, it's just not, it's not constructive. No, it, you know, well, I mean, it pulls I mean, you out of the present moment, which could be you out of the whatever you decide and, it is. Yeah, whatever you decide it is, but also at the same time. When you're worried, when you're afraid, I mean, your body goes into fear mode, which is mm. nowhere near as healthy. I mean, it gets to the point where you react instead of act, you know. Yes. And I always try to stay in an action frame of mind. It's like, okay, what am I going to do here? Boom, boom, boom. This is what I choose to do as opposed to saying, oh, this happened. Oh, no, I've got to do this. Because mm-hmm. you find yourself always reacting. You're not really living your life. You're living somebody else's, you know. Yeah. Thank you for that. (laughs) You're welcome, Paula. Yeah. Well, and what are some of the ways that people can support you guys? Where can they find this EP? It's everywhere. It's going to be everywhere. everywhere. (laughs) It's everywhere. All the streaming services, everything. It's going to be everywhere. Come to the shows. That's how we make money. I mean, we don't really make money on the music anymore, but nobody really does. Unless you're plugged into the, what is it, uh, the industrial entertainment complex and for somebody like taylor swift or somebody like that <laughs> mm-hmm. you know they make money but a band like us we don't really make that much money off recordings yeah um, some people will buy them but a lot of people stream it <laughs> right. it is what it is the genie's out of the bottle so right well did so you watch really... miss americana by taylor swift i think it's on mm-hmm. hulu <laughs> it was just really amazing how she sees the horizon even for herself of like There'll be a time when this is no longer the thing that is making me money. This is not an easy way to live, you know, and Mm -hmm. I'm sure she's had her struggles just like anybody, but I'm really kind of tired of the whole victim motif Mm, that people use these days. That's like, I'm a victim. It's like, really? You know, there's people out there who who struggle, who really Mm -hmm. struggle, who don't know what to do, who live afraid. You know, yeah. I have my own definite political opinions about things, and, and everybody in Cowboy Mouth has different opinions. Yeah. That's one of the many reasons is that we don't get political in a public way, because you know we all have disagreement. We we all disagree yeah. on various things, and I think that's healthy. I like when people disagree with me because I like being turned on to new potential ideas. That said, I mean these days everybody's a victim, mm-hmm. and if you're selling that motif, that teaches other people to think of themselves as helpless. It teaches other people to think of themselves as victims. Life's too short. The only thing I've ever gotten in my life were things I went out and made happen. Nothing was given to me. And I'm not yeah. I'm not saying poor me. I'm saying it's just I had to learn how to take opportunity when it came in my direction. Yeah. And I made the most of it. I mean, playing the victim in your life, it's just a fool's errand. And, you know, it seems to me, and this is just maybe my own personal paranoia, yeah. That that mindset is put out there for the masses so that people start thinking of themselves as victims and helpless so they don't really do anything about their own circumstances. So they're easier to sell musical Big Macs to, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. really deep. And I haven't really I haven't thought of that aspect of it. I think probably you and I are similar. I mean, I'm not, you don't want me to sing. I mean, except loudly at your show, but. Exactly. Um, as long as, and as long as buffered by 
you know, my drums. Other my people. Own voice, I'm a giant PA. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Don't get me but, wrong. You seem like a nice. But it just seems like it, it's it's like the whole thing with this Corona thing. Yes, yeah. it's very valid. Yes, there are many reasons to worry. Yes, there's things to things you have to deal with and things, you know, very real life and death consequences. But at the same time, there is an element of the general population being manipulated towards a fear response to where like, you know, you're just like, oh, God, there's nothing I can do. I'm totally helpless. Oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. I'm just terrified, terrified. And the truth of the matter is, is like once you do that to your to your mind and you do that to your body, your body becomes more susceptible to any sort of disease. I mean, dis-ease, you know. And I'm a strong believer in that stuff because I've had a lot of that stuff happen and work for me, taking a more constructive, not positive, but constructive attitude towards health and life and all that type of stuff. I used to get sick at the drop of the hat. And now my wife says, man, you never get sick. It's because I don't let myself get scared. And if something happens, if I do get sick, then I take care of it. It's like, okay, boom. Yeah. I'll take care of it, you know? And if whatever happens comes my way, I'll, I'll do what I need to do. You know? But at the same time, sitting around being afraid, going, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if? It's just a waste of time. It's a waste of energy. I've been doing like Facebook Live things since this whole thing, just like them, you know, just concerts to give people home concerts to give people kind of something to look forward to or to entertain themselves for about a half an hour. Yeah, I did one the other day and it went really well, but apparently. It was sideways the whole time because I'm not a technical genius. Oh, no. So our, web, our web guy went and fixed it. But, you know, so I, uh, yeah. And I got another one coming up Wednesday. And I do them every few days just to keep people entertained. So We will during tune the, in. During, during the weird time, you know. So. And I will say hi. Thank, Thank you, you for much. doing that, Fred. Well, and let's let's do the last question and, and then get it's, you on your way. I don't remember what you answered last time on this one, but I ask it every time. What are three ways that you can think of to jumpstart joy in your life, in the world, or in other people's lives? Three ways to jumpstart joy. The way I always try to remember is, is like I said earlier, people think that life is outside in, but it's actually inside out in that like the things you think, the things you tell yourself, the conversations you have with yourself, and the dreams that you aspire to, that definitely has a, a, a real definite effect on the world around you. It colors it, it shapes it. You know, I found that from day one. Every night I walk out on stage and whether it's a huge crowd or a small crowd or a big room or a medium room, at that moment, it's up to me to bring these people elsewhere. And the way I choose to do that is to get in touch with my enthusiasm. You know, it's like remind myself that this is what I've wanted to do my whole life. And as I say, whether you're one of the guys in Kiss or you're the guy playing Jimmy Buffett covers on a Tuesday night in a Holiday Inn somewhere in Idaho, you know, there's millions of people that would give their left arm to do what I do on my worst night. Mm-hmm. And I try to remember that. And the fact that this is all I've really wanted to do my whole life and just remember why I love it. It's not because of the audiences. It's not because of whatever the revenue stream is or isn't, it's it's the sheer love of just expression, the sheer love of just being able to just sense yourself exploding in the moment, just yeah. being really just embracing the possibilities of that moment. And, you know, the moment's going to pass and that's okay, whether it's remembered or not, just 
in that moment, I chose to swing for the fences. Whether I hit a home run or not, it doesn't matter. That's the old saying, shoot for the moon. And if I don't hit the moon, at least I've reached the stars. Paraphrasing, I don't remember what the the phrase was. But a lot of it is remembering that how you want to see the world ultimately depends on how you see yourself. You know, and the things you tell yourself, the things in your mind, because we look at this world as a very tangible reality. But that's just our perception of it. Everything in this world, whether it's a snowflake or it's a giant granite boulder, if you put it under a powerful enough microscope, it's fluid. It's just molecules and atoms rushing at such a pace to where it seems solid. It seems dense to us. But you can move more with your mind and your psyche than you can with your body and your anger and rage and frustration. It's understanding that the energy that's within you is part of the energy that created everything around you. And you're part of that energy too. It's like, I saw this sticking around on YouTube. Some kid whose parents claim that he's a, uh, a metaphysical genius or something like that, you know, metaphysical, mm-hmm. metaphysical engineering genius, some 13 year old kid quantum theory and all that type of stuff. You know, and they asked him, okay, well, what's God? And he said, well, God is the energy that surrounds us. God is the energy that flows through us. And God is the energy that is us. You know, that's pretty mm-hmm. profound. <laughs> yes. And it, and it's, but it's understanding that the energy inside of you is part of the energy that makes your world. It is the energy that makes your world and vice yeah. versa. You know, and remembering and it's not a matter of just, getting in touch with your joy in terms of just being happy, happy, joy, joy. It's a matter of understanding that the idea of God is something that we've simplified a great deal. You know, God is not some far off entity that decides whether or not to listen to your prayers. It's like, exactly. I really feel like listening to his prayers. As it says in the Bible, very plainly, God is nearer to you than your hands and feet. It's the essence within you. It's as much a part of you as you're a part of it. And remembering that in your life and remembering how to use that energy in your life can help you attain whatever joy, whatever peace, whatever, you know, love or, you know, whatever you want in your life. I mean, we we all create our own lives, whether we know it or not. And that was something that took me a long time to understand and accept. Right. I can't really sit there and point fingers. I can't play the victim. Whatever my life is on some level, I chose it. And so a lot of remembering, I went through a period for a while where I didn't enjoy doing this. And I really, it was a grind. And all all I was doing was, all we were doing was getting in deeper debt. And I didn't understand. We pissed away a lot of opportunities. We had the usual ego clashes and bullshit. And and it was like, okay, I need to learn how to love doing this again. Or else I have to stop doing it. Because there's easier ways to make a living. (laughs) <laughs> and you know, yeah. it's funny, and I'm sorry, this is such a long-winded answer. Oh, it's one okay. Of best, one of the best books I ever read about the entertainment business in general is a book that Jerry Lewis wrote. It's a very thin book. Yeah. Jerry Lewis, the old filmmaker, is called right. Dean and Me. Dean and Me. Dean and a lot me. of people forget that in between Sinatra and Elvis, there was a 10-year period from like 45 to 55 mm-hmm. where Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin were they were the biggest act in show business above sure. all else, you know? And, but the thing was, is before they got together, they were two guys trying to eke out a living on like on the very, very, very sidelines of the entertainment business. 
Mm-hmm. Dean was a good singer, but he was a dime a dozen, you know, back then. You know, those suave guys singing all the way. You know, those, those are a million of those. And mm-hmm. Jerry Lewis did some weird act where he would mine to records. But he, he liked Dean. He met him a couple of times. So they, he convinced this gangster club owner, that, oh, oh, me and Dean do stuff, you know, and they never <laughs> did anything. So the guy hired him. Yeah. And they each did their act and it bombed. And, you know, the club owner goes, all right. Listen, you guys told me you do stuff. I hired you. You either do stuff in the next act or I'm going to kill you. And he's like, well, guess we got to do stuff. That's a motivator. The story is that, you know, Dean and Jerry, they wrote together some bits, like some little, okay, we'll do like a little bit here, a little bit there. And, you know, we'll just make it up as we go along. We'll riff, right? Mm -hmm. And so what happened was for the next act, what they did was they just completely riffed. Yeah. And what they did, they just made it up. They had like little guidelines where if they went too far out, they could go back to like, okay, we're doing this bit. Boom. Okay. And the other one would know. But what happened was they spent the next two hours not making, not trying to make the audience laugh, trying to make each other laugh. Yeah. And that was the whole thing. And like the 20 or so people there loved it. The next night they had 200 people. And the next night there was a line around the block. And like within a month, they were the biggest thing in show business because they stumbled onto a huge well-known secret is that, you know, they were trying to make each other laugh. And if right. the audience sees you having a great time, it, they want to be in on it, you know? Yeah. And that was the whole thing. It was just like, and that's where, when I read that book, I really started to find my joy again. It just, it wasn't all the external stuff that was bugging me. It was just the ability to do it. And then just over time, I started doing the same thing with the band. I was like, you know, I spend more time trying to make the other guys laugh <laughs> yeah. and, and being silly. Right. Not, not, not that we're not serious musicians, not that I don't take my song serious, and not that we don't do a really good show, but instead of worrying about a wrong note or something like that, I'd be like, nah, <laughs> oh, well. You know? <laughs> right. Because it's not about the last note. It's about the next note. Yeah. Mm. That is go. really, really deep. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. I Oh, Fred. <laughs> You're talking about a guy who put cranberries on his on his cereal this morning. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for something explosive to happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wish you the very best. So that's about it. You know, just in terms of restarting my joy is just remembering that it, it comes from me. It doesn't come from somewhere else. My joy comes from me. And yeah. if I change my mind, if I want to be joyful then I can change my mind. I'm not going to depend on somebody else to do that for me or something else to do it for me. That's beautiful. Ah. Thanks, Fred. You're welcome, Paula. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. If you want to find out more about this episode, including links to the things that we've talked about, you can find the show notes at jumpstartyourjoy.com. And you can search for this episode right up there in the right-hand corner of the website, and you'll find it. While you're on the website, I know you're going to want to sign up for my weekly newsletter, which is Three Joyful Things. It's where I take a look and give you guys the behind the scenes of what I'm really thinking about with each episode, including the inspiration, intention, and action, along with the choices that you can make in your own life to bring some of the things that each guest or I share into your everyday life. So it's a lot of fun. You can find the sign up for that off the homepage or within the show notes of every episode. 
And I would love to connect with you. I hang out a ton on Instagram where my handle is jumpstartyourjoy. You can also find the Facebook page for this podcast at jumpstartyourjoy. So I hope you guys will come on back next week. And until then, I hope that your days are filled with so much joy.